When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo, that energy on high today, baby. I want to get high, so high. <sighs> Not that way. Y'all know what that is. Beat it up in the comments, man. Welcome to Never Shut Up. Y'all know what we do over here. Oh, we talk about life and entertainment and sports, and we cover those who covers sports like no one else, man. Appreciate you guys for all the love y'all showing your boy. We know how it's going around here. So let me tell y'all what I'm so high about. We start off every show with what's up with that dude. What's up with that dude? Ooh, ooh. It's official, girl. Oh my God, oh my God. Nah, my wife, man, she's taking me on another level, man, in terms of her energy because she's officially a real, and I'm going to emphasize the first word, real. Housewife of Beverly Hills. Even though we live in Encino. <laughs> Let me stop. All of them live in Encino, damn it. All right, so we're one of them families on there, and the trailer's out, and you can go online, and my timeline is now consumed with a bunch of older ladies and my wife and all her homegirls going to brunch. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is all I'm going to see now. Where the football at? <laughs> Just a bunch of... <laughs> but it's fun, man, because I see the quiet before the storm. I see how they're filming. They're upstairs right now filming some interviews and episodes right now. It's crazy, right? So you guys see it and it's like, whoa, well manicured, curated. They know how to slice it up, put the drama in there. Let me tell you how it really goes, y'all. She upstairs right now just getting makeup done, listening to some Gucci Mane. <laughs> A whole different animal than what we gonna see on air, but they got the power of editing. But it was fun to watch her go from small town, farm town outside of Vancouver, 
Canada, Abbotsford. I'm not lying. It literally smells like butt as soon as you start driving in there. Good people, they ain't shitty, but the whole city smells like, uh, it's a farm town. And you get there, and that's who she is, man, at heart. And she moved from there uh, with her groupy self, met me, and I'm stopping <laughs> I always call her groupie and say, uh-huh, you so smart, you a nurse anesthetist, you all that stuff. You married a football player. Stop it. You ain't no better than nobody else. Uh, but uh, tremendous woman to the fullest, man, and it's good to see her now. She's in the bright lights, brighter than my lights. Good for her. Because I'm telling y'all, I've been in the NFL – I've been on NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, etc. There is nothing like what the hell they're doing over there at Bravo and NBC. I don't know who owns this thing. I ain't seen so many cameras in my life. I'm like, what y'all filming over here? Like three Super Bowls? So it's fun to watch all of that. Um, I'm just excited to support her. And it's crazy because I think she's always had this itch to just show the world who she was and show the world who her family was, like, you know, who we are. And she's always had that. And, you know, years ago, I've been approached for a couple of different things. I did Millionaire Matchmaker. Stop laughing. I thought the girls were going to be different. Let me see. <laughs> they thought I was going to be different, too, I guess. Um, but I've done a couple of things. I was supposed to do Dance with the Stars. I got hurt. A couple of things I've done, right? But this is the first time we fully dove into it. So I'm here to be the good husband because she's scratching her itch. She always wanted the world to see how great she and we are. And I ain't going to lie. I've always wanted a woman to be like, like, uh, not the breadwinner so much, because that's going to be tough. I'm saying, <laughs> I take a breadwinner. Go ahead. Be the Oprah of this relationship. Um, I wanted somebody who was able to understand what I was going through and do it better than me. Do it bigger than me. Like, I always want you to be better. And if that better is bigger than me, I'm even better because I'm going to try and catch up to you, not bring you down. So I hear a lot of couples where there's insecurity from the man. If she making more money, getting all this attention, why are everybody talking about woman? Why are they over there looking at my woman? Man, get your hands off her hip. I don't like nobody on hands or hip. But the point is, let her shine, man. And I'm letting her shine, and she's shining for all of us. So that's love. She feels amazing right now. So obviously through osmosis and through our love, I feel it as well. Um, other than that, I got a little shine from Shine Global. I won an award yesterday. Uh, it was a Children's Champion Award. Yeah. And guess what? It was amazing. It was a bunch of filmmakers all across the globe, uh, documentaries about the resilience of youth and kids who will go through adversity. So, I mean, real adversity, y'all. Like, people in Armenia having to go through genocide and still wanting to be able to just have a normal life and play soccer over there in war-torn countries and kids who had to fight battles in Costa Rica and still playing the violin and there's bombings. It's Next level, right? So my little Compton story doesn't necessarily match up, but it's my version, right? So um, I got an award for all the work I do with Project Transition, and I appreciated that award. I appreciated that platform and appreciate the opportunity to speak to everybody. And um, it was just an amazing experience. You know who else won an award? Let me give you this just to let you know who I was on the stage with. Uh, you guys ever seen Gracie's Corner, that the little cartoon, the little girl, representative? She's a little representation girl. Like, hey, you can be a good kid too, that little girl. She got like a couple million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, she was there, but not the animated version. It was her. So cute. Love for her. And also the president of DreamWorks, yes, got an award as well. Um, that was amazing because... 
who doesn't like Shrek? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you made Shrek. I was over there trying to hug her. Uh, so love for all of that. And it was all because of Project Transition, everything we were doing. Last thing I did last night, after all of that, I was still amped up because I won the award. I put my speech online. You guys can see it. Uh, a lot of love for that. More than that, I wasn't settled last night, y'all. I had to go into my daughter's room. So we always sleep now. It's five of us in the house, right? Morocco doesn't count. She ain't sleeping with nobody. She's sleeping by herself. She got a boyfriend. Stay your 24-year-old butt down in the guest room. All right, but the itty-bitties, the three itty-bitties, my wife and I, we always fit three and two. Sometimes they like four and one in one bed. I don't like the four and one. It get too hot. Wake up at 2.30, hot and sweaty. So it's four and one. I hate it. It's three and two. Let's do it. Yesterday, I got the three-year-old. She sleeps sideways. She is a pillow. She sleeps like this way. <laughs> so anyway, I'm trying to get in there. And then I'm like, oh, she's just so cute. All right, let me just sit here and just review my day. End up watching game film from us losing our last two games. <laughs> Phil Belichick over here. I'm about to get this right. It was one in the morning and I am slow-moing clips of eight-year-olds and angles and pursuit and flags. <laughs> I was like, I am competitive. And I was figuring it out. I was like, oh, we see them again in the playoffs. We about to eat. We about to eat. Now, their coach is probably doing the same thing. Good luck, bro. Good luck testing this versus yours. When I got them horses, oh, we made so many miscues. But it's all good. They going to fix themselves when it matters. I hope. Oh, man. All love for you guys. And you know this show is powered by you guys. And it's also powered by Project Transition. ProjectTransition.org. ProjectTransition.org. You go there, man. Check this out. If you leave a recurring donation, you will get this book. Hey, just leave your email. I don't care. Just join the team. Be a part of this. Or leave a recurring donation, and this is for you. Any donation counts for us to help these kids in the community develop and discover that inner power and amplify it for the world to see. Like my man Stephen Golden, Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't know what I've done in North Carolina. The whole east, east coast of this country, but I got love out there on the east side, homie. Y'all see how fast I threw that? <laughs> you can tell I'm from L.A., man. I throw a gang sign in with some signaling and some hand signs. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know if I'm directing traffic or banging on you. Uh, but thank you, Stephen Golden of Raleigh, for helping us out. Very generous monthly donation he gave him. Frank Adams, we see it coming in all the time, man. Frank Adams of Alameda, California, is a contributor monthly, always giving us the real. Keep it coming. I want to say your name as well. All right, let's get the show started. Damn it, enough for you, Wally, and your wife trying to be all famous, old catty girl, and then your kids. Nobody want to hear all that. Yes, y'all do, and I love y'all for it. Uh, let's talk about Deion Sanders. Oh, y'all tired of hearing about Deion too? No, you're not. I love Deion Sanders. Damn right. And everybody who hates on him, like Jason Woodlock and whoever else, so what? I still like Jason Woodlock, but you wrong on this one. Deion got this thing rolling. Even though they've lost their last two, like my itty-bitties, he still made an impact. So big of an impact that there's conversation about a lifetime contract coming from the Colorado Buffaloes. All right, so the spotlight's obviously shining on Colorado despite the record. Who cares? It doesn't have to be perfect out there. It's the first year they're getting this thing rolling. They're three and two. But there's a lot of speculation about Dion. Hey, 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 Dion, you going to NFL? Hey, hey, Dion, you going to go to one of the bigger schools, one of the bigger Power 5 schools? All of that swirling. So there's been talks of, obviously, Colorado trying to lock him down. 
you know, when you got that super fine girl in high school and she going to a different state to go to college and you going somewhere else, you know, she going to Harvard and you going to Stanford, you start thinking, don't you? <laughs> About to lock her down, right? Oh man, I don't seen that go. And I don't seen that blow up in your face. But the point is you try to lock it down. That's what Colorado's trying to do right now. Oh, oh, you got offers, you got opportunities. I know how good you are. Ah, might have to put a ring on it, right? So they're trying to think through this situation because the talks have come up about a long-term deal, longer than what he has already. Now Dion's making five and a half million dollars, which is hilarious. I think he signed a six-year. 30, 30 million dollar deal somewhere in that world, which is hilarious because when he signed the deal reportedly, they didn't have the money. They were like, hey, um, can we put you on layaway, bro? And um, <laughs> you know the way my checking and savings works. Once we get that going, um, Dion, we're going to get you back. So they, <laughs> they laid Dion away and obviously they were able to raise the money because of the euphoria and enthusiasm that has happened since he's arrived. So Everybody supported it. Everybody want to be on the sidelines. Everybody is on the sidelines. It's a crazy task. Um, they're coming to LA. It's crazy enough. They're coming to play against UCLA. And I'm going to see UCLA play Washington State this weekend. Um, take my kids, take my, uh, my nephew, and, um, and my brother-in-law. We all going out there. Now, the funny thing is, I don't necessarily want to go to Colorado game. One, because my boy's the AD over there, and I'm like, I know he getting, if I see the BET Awards at Colorado, <laughs> I know when you come to LA, it's insane, so I don't even want that on him. But two, um, I just, I, I'm just a weirdo. I don't like spectacle like like that. Like, I, I know it can turn into a spectacle, but I don't like to go into a spectacle. Point, point being, I used to be the kid and the guy who didn't want to go uh, Freaknik. You know why? Because I know what it's going to be. I was like, I'd rather go somewhere chill and then make it a Freaknik. You get it? You ever been that guy? You that guy? I'm the guy that was like, let's go somewhere. It's almost like hunting. I don't want to go where they're going to just fall down in front of the gun. You know what I mean? Like, let me shoot. <laughs> you go to Freaknik or something. You go You go to Colorado game. Like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dog, have you seen one play yet? Have you watched one play or you just been selfieing up in the crowd? Oh, what's up? Like, that's just me. I ain't judging, but I'm just knowing how weird I am. So Dion acknowledged all of this. He knows how crazy it is around here right now, but he also knows how fickle the game of football is and the nature of sports success. And he said he's remaining focused on the present. He said the fan only blows when you hot. My mama said that, not me. So if y'all want to get mad, get mad at my mama. <laughs> yes, he's basically saying, look, I ain't getting caught up in this right now because y'all know how this can go. All right. So he also talked about the fact that this this kind of like noise and there's all of this pressure and the conversation around him, how he handles it. His approach is, look, quote, if I listen to that, I'm going to have to listen to this. You catch that? This and that. You can't choose that and not this. Ah, that's his approach on both criticism and support. So he basically said he doesn't listen to either one. Uh, let's talk about what that means. Dion is a believer. Dion professes his faith. You and I are not in any position to question that. Now, we can question if we see any indiscretions, but if we don't, stay out the way. I hear some people trying to do that. Here's the thing. What Dion just broke down was a biblical principle. 
And I don't think a lot of people catch this one. And I caught this one when I was young because I was raised up in the church. I was raised in the hood. So what the heck? Where that from? Uh, so my grandmother, oh my God, my grandmama deal was a living angel, a saint. Ah, oh, I remember her. Y'all remember the old grocery baskets? Not the ones you get from the shopping store, from the supermarket, <clears throat> but the ones that the old people used to always get. And it had a little wire and they used to just push it and it was able to roll and they would take it if they lived in the neighborhood of the grocery store. And I remember vividly, you're going to make me cry. Um, my grandmother, who was an angel on earth, I never saw her do anything wrong, raise her voice. She was so old, probably like, you know, and I'm so young. I just saw all the sweet stuff of her. She was perfect, perfect. Oh, she had this long hair and she was so sweet and always had the bacon frying for us. Oh, she was the best. And she used to always take us to church. So the only time I ever looked at a sideways, like, why are we always going to church? But we couldn't just go to church. You had to be church. <laughs> like, you had to act right and sit like this and wear your little suit that was too big, like my cuffs all out here. I'm just sitting there. I got pictures of me like this. And I'm just sitting there. No, I mean, no, don't. If you mess around in church with Grandma Medill, I think that's when the demon would have came out, right? So all I remember is her, she used to break down scripture. She used to read her Bible all day, every day. And she used to highlight it. Oh, man. And every now and then she'll break something down to us. You ever heard, ye judge, ye shall be judged? That's what Dion just said to you guys. And I want you guys to understand this. Because a lot of people use it in the wrong way. Just how people use uh, money is the root of all evil the wrong way. It's No, it's the love of money is the root of all evil, right? So ye judge, ye shall be judged gets misconstrued a lot. This is what it really means. <sighs> Whatever game you want to enter... You want to go that way on, you're going to play that game and that game can come back on you. Okay. So when it comes to praise and criticism, if you want to be the one that listens to praise, you're going to be the one who listens to criticism. If you're going to be the one who always got criticism for others, guess what? They're going to have criticism for you. And you're going to feel it because you're the one who's trying to inflict it. So whatever game you play, you will be played in it. Oh, I just felt the Holy Ghost. Whatever game you play, you're going to get played in it. So therefore, the old scripture says, oh, you do. You're going to get done. <laughs> you judge. You're going to get judged. You play. You're going to get played. That's why... Even kill is always preached by coaches. That's why Dion is saying, I ain't going too high, I ain't going too low, right? I'm not. You know why? Because I don't want to go through that process. If you online and you loving it, why'd you stop? Because you hate that one. That's how it goes. That's life. That's the relativity of life. That's what happened with you ate the apple, damn it. <laughs> and once you ate the apple, tree of knowledge, tree of life. You got relativity. No more absoluteness relativity. That's what Dion's talking about, the relativity. I got to keep this even kill as possible because I know if I go too high, guess what? I put myself in position to potentially go too low. And he knows how the game goes. They're going to come at him when he's great, when he's, when he's hot like he is. And when he's not, they don't. So why get caught up in that right now? Stay in the present, stay in the moment, and get yourself where you got to go. Love Dion for that, man. I am in love with what he's doing. So what do you guys think about this story? Is he silly or genius? 
for not considering that lifetime contract. What y'all think? What would y'all do? Me? No, sir. Not me. It's like the Patrick Mahomes deal. Already he ripped it up and did a little, little more to it, which is great. Patrick Mahomes going to eat, eat, eat. Don't get it twisted. But Patrick Mahomes, I knew in that moment, I was like, he ain't living out that contract, which I knew was true. Uh, should he be blocking out both praise and criticism? I gave y'all my grandmama deal scripture. <laughs> y'all going to say now what about praise and criticism? You understand that? And should he be blocking out both praise and criticism? And last but not least, are y'all still in love with this Dion story? Because please don't tell me you're not. But if you are, let's hear it. And if you're not, I'm here. <laughs> let's hear that as well. I told you I got rap Tourette's, man. I don't care what y'all say. Like, Everything in this world gets dissected into a rap song for me. Like literally, there are two things I always do. When I hear somebody talk, I always use my home keys and I type out what they're saying in my head, sometimes physically with my fingers. That's how I learned how to type so fast and became the national typewriting champion. Nerd, right? And another thing is, no matter what you say to me, I am trying to file it away with a rap song. And sometimes I'm going to let you know what song that is. Oh, man. There it is. <laughs> See what I'm saying? What MC. All right. So anyway, man, love for you guys. ProjectTransition.org. We got this book right here. Please support the foundation. And I give you love. This is just the beginning. The beginning of which I will hook you guys up with. This book right here, My Life Never Shut Up, lets you know how I navigated around those obstacles to become who I am, whatever that is. But I want to help encourage those itty bitties and inspire them to become their greatest version of themselves. Support us with a recurring donation. All right. Woo. Speaking of somebody out there getting it in, CJ Stroud, what is going on? Got a chance to meet him uh, this summer at the rookie premiere. Respect. Uh, that was fun. Got a picture with him and all that stuff. So crazy when you walk up to these kids and we actually were in the elevator together and all this stuff and you're talking to him. And you're like, he's 21, 22, all his boys. You remember when you did the same thing? It's obviously different fanfare now than it was then. Different amounts of money, all that stuff, right? They got the rookie salary cap, but still, they're getting pay paid. Like they got premieres and all this crazy stuff. We got a fax. Hey, you got drafted today. Here's your fax. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These suckers over there have parties and stuff, all white parties. I was like, man, it's cracking. So you're in the elevator with them, and you're just looking like, and I remember I was with my wife and I was just giggling and I was like, baby, look at all these little millionaires. <laughs> they got, you know, they walked around. I just got 12 million yesterday. I got to sign these cards. I'm gonna get 2 million a day. And like, it's just so funny. And it's like their dreams are the reality and they're still balling, but they're still having fun. They're still silly. They still goofy. You still OG uncle to them. And you're like, ah, am I that old? And they're like, yeah, you are, bro. Look at your jeans. Oh my God. So it's just fun to see. But I remember going there and I was slanted because the evaluators in the evaluation process told me after the draft, of course, we saw it come to life that Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, those were the one two punch. But Bryce Young, not only number one, but clear distant from Bryce Young, I mean, CJ Stroud and it was because of what was upstairs, not just the ability on the field but upstairs like CJ Stroud may be more of a physical specimen, but he ain't got it upstairs. And I was like, where'd I get that from? And I got it from that draft process. Let's talk about it. Cause we both know they're rookie quarterbacks, but CJ Stroud out here balling, not hurt. Bryce Young has been hurt and not necessarily hit his stride fully just yet. Uh, so he's been performing very well in the first four games. 
And he had to deal with the S2 cognition test. I said it right that time. Leave me alone. Which measures cognitive abilities. And he said before, he told him, he warned him. He said, I am not a test taker. I play football. That was his quote. Okay. So he takes the test. Then they realize, oh my God. I think he got an 18. And uh, my man from the Colts, what's his name? Someone A. Uh, he got 78, and then Bryce Young got 92, something like that. So 18 is red flag, red flag, beware, abort, abort. And that's what C.J. Stroud got. Now, let's watch him on the field. Guess what he got? <laughs> Second most passing yards in NFL history for a rookie through four games. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. And he's accurate and keeping his composure and on a team that's supposed to be rebuilding that is now two and two and all of a sudden look like it could be a contender, at least in that division, right? <clears throat> so now it makes us all go back to the standard testing of the draft process, right? And he said, quote, from a, one of the anonymous AFC scouts, because now you got to be anonymous. If you were right, you say your name on it, right? <laughs> but if you're wrong, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know about this test right now. Let me be anonymous. That's how it goes. Here's a quote. It's never going to tell you the story of who makes it and who doesn't. And if someone says it is, I would discount that person's skill set when it comes to drafting good players, especially good quarterbacks. Now, sounds good now to say that. Sounds good to say that now after you see that performance and performances by C.J. Stroud. But during the process, they had a lot of people slanted to the point where maybe it even affected him and he didn't go number one overall because of this test, right? So that's two tests is considered just one piece, obviously, of the larger puzzle of all the things you got to go through when you're going through the draft process. All right, so the S2 people will say, here's a quote, hey guys, that graded high on this test don't always play well, but... We've never had, <clears throat> had somebody grade low and play well. Y'all catch that? So if you do well on the test, ain't no guarantee you're going to be good. But if you do bad on the test, oh, you ain't going to play good. That's what they were saying before this. He is obviously shattering that situation. So Stroud scored 18, they said. That's a red alert, red alert. You can't take a guy like that. That is why I have Stroud as a bust. They, that in conjunction with the fact that name one Ohio State quarterback that's ever done it in the league. Okay, let me break some of this down, right? Because we know what this is. This is a chunk of information. It's a piece of the puzzle, just like the Wonder League, just like the Combine and your performances, uh, pro day meetings, private meetings, film, bunch of individual meetings, quarterback assessments, uh, physical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, it's never going to tell you the whole entire picture. It's not supposed to, right? It just gives you a piece of the puzzle, uh, especially when you're talking about quarterbacks and good quarterbacks. So right now, it looks like that piece of the puzzle isn't fitting the narrative on C.J. Stroud. And that piece of the puzzle is this ST who test supposed to tell you how smart somebody is, how they are able to adapt in different learning environments not working for him and it's, if you flip it it's not working for Bryce Young just yet either right if you look at the numbers comparison but the rest of the puzzle is going well as they state in this article for CJ Stroud let me take you out through the process <clears throat> one thing that I realized that oh god 
because I love the draft process. Why? I went to a small school. Going to a small school, I needed the draft process to level the playing field in terms of the perception of me from Columbia could play with you from Notre Dame, you from Alabama, you from Georgia. I ain't got the film to show you that, homie, but I got these skills that I could put on display next to your skills, and then you're going to have to project that I could play with that guy. Now, there's some things you can't project. Am I going to be scared going against that guy because you went to a program? Why? It's football. Football hurts no matter where you play, who you play against. Um, Two, uh, did I have enough understanding of the game because there's a different level of osmosis and teaching that happens at the big school than it does at the small school, right? You know, game recognized game over there. You know, they sharpen each other knives over there. Why? You're a five star. You're a five star. You're a four star. You're a five star. I'm over here. I'm a star. Where y'all at? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I didn't get my knives sharp as I could have if I went to a bigger school. Coaching. You got the best coaches or you got coaches who are becoming the best and going to end up here. They're already here. They're trying to be there. And i.e. Chip Kelly was a guy who recruited me going to Columbia. On the phone, I talked to Chip Kelly. 1991, whatever. Got to Columbia, Chip Kelly was gone. On his way to becoming the coach at North Dakota or somewhere, on the way to going to Oregon, on his route to Oregon, on his route to UCLA, on his route to the Philadelphia Eagles, etc. So, point being, there's some things that are gaps of knowledge. You don't know, you just got to guess. And this process tries to fill in those blanks. But it doesn't do it perfectly. Let me give you one example, the Wonder Lick. I remember taking the Wonder Lick. Now, you're not really prepared for the Wonder Lick. You just got to take it. Um, Wonder Lick prep, I don't remember it. Maybe they have it now, but back then we didn't. It was just like, take this damn test. I got into the room, and it was 50 questions, 12 minutes. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So you're already doing the math. You're like, damn, got to go through these questions fast. I got to do like four or four a minute. That's what I'm thinking, right? So I'm like, god dang. All right, whatever. And then they give it to you. Now, the first thing that I saw were a lot of words. And I started to do the first one. And I'm reading. And I got my pen, you know, my pen ready. I'm reading it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said I got to do four in a minute. And I'm sitting here having done one. And I'm still reading the first one. And immediately I went like this. I flipped. And I saw the back of it. And the back of the test was math. Simple like this. I say, oh, I'm starting in the back. And I started in the back. So I was able to almost complete the whole test. Time! Most of the guys in the room didn't even finish the test because most of the guys in the room didn't even flip to the back. They were still reading. They got labeled as dummies or slower or not as smart as, whatever you want to call it, right, when you get a bad score. I got a 35. Yeah, 35. Second highest or something like that. I think that was it. Second highest. Somebody from Harvard got one. <laughs> Duh. Uh, so I remember saying that, like, damn, that was a that was a smart way to rig it, but that was messed up that they rigged it like that. But it was kind of smart because you want to see who can adapt, who can figure this thing out. That was the first. The first question wasn't actually the one you read. First question was, were you going to be able to process all of this information and know how to apply yourself and approach it properly first? Ain't that life? You got all these things to do. You better figure out what to do in priority. Focus is not just looking at one dot. I play football. 
Nah, it's looking at a million dots. I got all this going on. I got life, I got family, I got engagements, I got practice, I got games, I got marketing, and knowing which ones to prioritize, how to approach it, just like that first question was for the wonder look. So I gave them some dap, even though I was like, eh. But the point being, they don't get it right all the time. And frankly, they know that. But it beats the alternative of just saying, hey, we don't know anything, just pick them. Because what happens is, this is the flip side. You're like, you saw him play? He was a baller, pick him. I could use my draft class as an example, but there were some guys in there. Um, I don't want to call them out by name because they ain't do so well, but hey, they got drafted higher than me. Let's just say that. And um, they are the homies. But bruh, they didn't do that well. Why? They went to them big schools and got hit. That's why that skills challenge, that's why the, the combine performance worked. My numbers were great. My pro day numbers, great. My best of both of them, great. Got me in there. And it was better than some of those guys from them big schools. And then you realize, I saw a dude couldn't bench press but nine times 225. Like, how you play DN at that big school nine times? Woo! Got in the league, didn't go so well. That's my point. So it's almost like you got to take a little from this column A and a little from column B. That's how you get it. But with CJ Stroud, they took a little too much from column A and realized, oh, column B really stands for baller. And that boy is a baller right now. So respect to CJ Stroud for going out there and get it. All right. Do you feel like the tests and all what they put us through really tells you about the success of a player potentially in the NFL or you think scrap it all just watch the film and go remember though you can hide some of those guys behind those big programs and should there be a different evaluation process beat it up in the comments let me know what you think the process should look like I'm listening to y'all I'm gonna give y'all one of the moments in my life growing up that really still affects me I saw somebody ride through with a Lex white one one day Boom, 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 wow. What the fuck was up in the place to be? And he was, that baseline was seven. That boy had that elbow out the window. And I don't know why. I thought he was the king of the world. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And then he got out the car, this front of my grandma's house, and ran in the house to go see his grandma next door. And then it was like, shit, uh, shit, uh. Well, I'm easy, I got, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, 11? I'm sitting there at the gate like this, like, who is he and what is this? I knew what he was up to and I got it, but I was like, I ain't doing that, but I gotta get that. I mean, he was, and he jumped back in like his elite suit, a fila suit, I don't know, he crispy clean. He, I said, dang, I gotta go run some laps so I could get to the league <laughs> and study. All right, y'all, let's get into the New England Patriots right now because they need to run some laps and study. God dang. The hell wrong with y'all right now? Y'all need this book. I need to go to privatetransition.org. <laughs> y'all need to start talking. Forget never shut up. Start talking. Make some make some games and make something happen. Score some points. Bill Belichick right now. They struggling. They're one and three. Can't believe it. And have not won a playoff game since 2018. Okay, the last 11 games of New England Patriots are three and eight. Just going to give y'all some little quick facts before I go deep on this. Belichick said even he knows we got a lot of work to do. There's our quote. Um, let's talk about this because I got to give y'all some grand synopsis. I ain't going to go in on Mac Jones because it looks like there's a huge question mark if he's the guy. I'm not going to go on the fact that this team is supposed to be ready. 
because Bill Belichick got who he wanted, Bill O'Brien as a coordinator. They were going to run this positionless defense, and they were going to go out there where everybody's trying to defend the deep ball. They were going to be able to shut down the intermediate part of the field and be able to keep teams from methodically moving up the field. Damn. Good luck with that now. Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon both hurt. It's going to be a problem. Let's tell you the biggest problem right now. It's the fact that this team is just frankly mediocre. They don't have great skill and depth at receiver. They, oh God, I don't even want to say it. They don't have great de- depth and skill at cornerback. They are 26 and 28 in their last four years of playing ball. And let's say, I told you they were three and eight, but the three wins, three wins, the three wins, y'all, were against teams that were playing their backup quarterbacks. I'm reading it right here, y'all. Mm-hmm. Patriots have now trailed by 14 or more in the first half of three of their four games this year. It got to the point where they gave out some sweatshirts. Uh, Joe Judge, uh, assistant head coach, gave out some sweatshirts, and it said on the back of the shirts, no one is coming. It's up to us. That's what it said on the back of the shirts, right? I think the front of the shirt needs to say, but where are y'all going? <laughs> like, what? Ah, oh, let's see how we got here. Okay. <sighs> I can hear Marvin Gaye now. What's going on? What is going on with the New England Patriots? Now, I've always been a believer in Belichick over Brady because I saw Belichick first. All right, so Brady got to the league, what, 2000? First touchdown pass ever. I actually was on the field. I actually was pass rushing him. I wouldn't say I was this close, like this close, but I was about this close. Like, and he threw that ball, touchdown in San Diego, his first touchdown pass ever. But by that time, I already been stained in the brain by the greatness of Bill Belichick as a defensive mind, defensive coordinator. We all know the whole Belichick versus Bill Parcells argument. He was a defensive coordinator, the mastermind behind those defenses. Also saw him with the New York Jets as a defensive coordinator as well, putting the clamps on Doug Flutie and us sometimes when I was like, nobody else is stopping Doug Flutie and us. (laughs) I was like, dang, what is he doing? He was like, "Um, I'm going to send him from the flanks. Uh, We're going to go pressure up the middle. Good luck. Good luck. And I've seen Belichick at his best. Also saw the Cleveland years, and that was tough to grade because, look, he did win 11 games there, but at the same time, it was Cleveland. Uh, it didn't have any uh, winning seasons outside of that. and It was tough. It was tough to measure. But then we saw Bledsoe get hurt. We saw Brady jump in. And be real, the first three championships, Brady was not Tom Terrific. He grew into that. So how do you win three without a guy who's Tom Terrific to the point where coaches on the staff used to place bets on Tom Brady missing passes, not completing passes. Like, you win your money when he missed it because that was easy money. He grew into Tom Terrific. Shout out to the GOAT for that. Ain't where you started. It's how you finish, right? How you start? Nah, how you finish, bro. Pick 199 went to number one overall ever in terms of accolades in the game of football. But I always started still was Belichick, right? Because special teams and defense won those first three. The last three, you can start saying that offense and craziness, but their best offense, the Randy Moss year, did they win it all? So I always gave the nod to Belichick. But now, 
It's crazy what makes you breaks you. Bill Belichick and him being principle-based, him being close to the vest, him being stubborn to his own standards, like I'm so stubborn to anything but my own standards, has not allowed him to zig what everyone else is zigging. It's made him actually think he can zig when they zag, and that's going to work. I stick to my guns, I plant up my flag here, and I'm not going nowhere. You better move. You better go. You better go, bro. You take a look outside. They coming. <laughs> no, 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 no. They are here. It's funny because the game of football evolves in so many ways, and it's a beautiful expression of life. Remember back in the days when it was all about the running game, like in the Ivy League when they started football, and then it turned into college football or larger and the pro game. Student body rights, sad hot, go USC. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. everybody running like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 19 dudes running, pulling guards, and everything. Then all of a sudden they were like, ah, oh, let's go. I formation, I formation, Marcus Allen, oh, oh, sad. <laughs> all that cloud of dust stuff. Then all of a sudden they're like, single back. Where are all the running backs going? They're going to receiver, tight ends, right? <laughs> okay, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Look at Barry, look at that, dope. And then they start saying, oh, we need an H-back. Matter of fact, let's get a receiver to come back here and line up with you. What? Let's have a, let's have a quarterback go in the backfield sometimes and the running back takes a snap. Like You just see it evolving. Receiver position, right? Quarterback position. You know, defensive ends in football were nothing but heavyweight boxers in the 70s and early 80s. Then they were like, nah, we're going to play DN. And then all of a sudden, Tight ends started to say, nah, uh, let me not get so big. Let me try and be a receiver or let me be a quarterback. Quarterbacks ain't nothing but like former could have been tight ends, former could have been wide receivers. Look at the numbers. Speed at the position now. But it was a back in the day, it was like, no, I got to be the tight end kind of type. Now I got to be the receiver type, right? 6'3", 6'4", 210. Quarterback? Nah. Receiver? Yeah. No, quarterback. No, I don't know. I could play both. That's the beauty. It's evolving. And guess who ain't spinning with it? Damn it. Belichick. I'll do it. I'll do it. We're going to be okay. We're going to get it. Where your receivers at? Corners. The easiest thing to get as Deion Sanders in football is a skilled player. It's easy to go get some dudes that run a 4-4 in the 40 and play on the edges. It's easy. Easier than go get you somebody 6'5", 310 that can run under 5 in the 40. Find that big old mammoth. Find that mammal. Good luck, right? So Belichick is not zigging where everybody else is going. He's staying stubborn. Now it done came to haunt him. Now it's here on his doorstep. So I just think it's simple. I think Belichick hasn't evolved. It hurts to say it because I think he's the greatest coach ever. But as I was up last night, literally, Watching film of eight-year-olds in slow motion, realizing I need to make some changes. Great changes. Not only to the scheme, but to some of the personnel. Oh, he need to play that position. He needs to share that. He needs to go over there. Got to do it. I know sometimes it feels like a tug-of-war with you and the players, and sometimes it feels like a tug-of-war with yourself, within yourself. Like, damn it, I don't want to change this. It's worked so hard. It's worked so well. It's worked so long. You hear that? You hear that? Anybody hear that? Frozen? 
Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. God, we wasted Bill Belichick at his end, man. Come on, man. I want to see him get it right. So where do you think the Patriots go from here? I think it's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. What do he say? What that boy say in belly? I don't like that. I don't like that shit at all. <laughs> he eating that banana. I don't like this. I look at the Patriots eating that banana. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Where do you think they go from here? And is Belichick to blame? Ah. He's had three, three plus seasons of changing. It ain't changing. And if he's to blame, let's go all the way back, full circle. Belichick or Brady, who was more important to their dynasty? All six of those championships, Belichick or Brady. I got another epic moment. I was on Slauson and Crenshaw at the gas station used to be there where Nipsey Hustle Marathon was. Now, I remember getting some gas from my mama. She's like, boy, get... Get get three dollars and forty three cents on pump five. That's how it used to be back in the day. You had no credit card, you had no money like that. <laughs> Mom would be like, get the ashtray. I'm I'm not lying. I'm talking three forty three. That's what we had in answer. Three forty three on pump five. And I'm there, and this dude was sitting there in this white Cadillac. You know the one with that little wheel on the back. And it was like, and all I heard was this. I'm pumping the gas. I heard don't 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 don't. And then went. I remember how it all began. I was like. What is that? I'm a little kid again. And I'm like, what's this? I love rap, right? So I'm like, I said something to the dude. He gangster up to it. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I ain't tripping. I was like, hey, excuse me, what you listen to? He said, oh, that's too short. That's new too short, homie. I was like, oh, thank you. We kept pumping. We were done by then. 343 go fast. So anyway, man, I'm just going to roll in here sometime. Because this, this makes me feel like I'm in my car. And all the images and impressions I had growing up of people riding by me all fresh. And I was sitting there like, ooh, one day, one day. All right, y'all. One day, maybe two days, you guys will log on to projecttransition.org, king of transitions, and you guys will get this book right here, Never Shut Up, homie. I'm telling you, this, bo this book got the too short story in it. Do it? No, probably not. I don't know. So the point is, support the community. Support the kids. Let them live out their dreams. Make them a reality. That's all you got to do. Leave a recurring donation. The book is yours, and you'll understand how you're a part of this team. Or just leave your email. Any donation, it counts. We got love for you guys. Stop watching these damn videos and not leaving something for these kids, damn it. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers with his old grumpy ass. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers cracked me up, boy. He's so smart, but he's so grumpy. He's so unhappy with his $400 million. <laughs> He's happy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers and I have had words before, and I'm, I don't know. I don't have a problem with him, but I just see grumpy. I'm like, damn, emit more light. Like, turn on the light. <laughs> be nicer. Be happier. Whatever. Do you, Aaron Rodgers. You're a beast. Um, he re recently referred to Travis Kelsey, though, as Mr. Pfizer. Told you. Kind of a little dusty. Like pig pen. Always dust around him, right? Uh, during a discussion about the New York Jets game against Kansas City, he said, quote, our defense played really well, and Mr. Pfizer didn't have a crazy impact on the game. <laughs> but then fans and, you know, everybody, the, wor the world is filled with pins and hung. The world is filled with receipts. <laughs> Social media, the internet is a receipt. Can't you see? <laughs> and they went at him. Hey, wait a minute. Don't you play for the New York Jets? And doesn't Woody Johnson own the New York Jets? And since his last name is Johnson, isn't he the heir to the Johnson & Johnson pharmaceutical fortune? Can't even get a good joke off, huh, Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Cats ain't playing that. So then they pointed out that how are you going to play for the Jets and take a pay cut to do so? 
for Mr. Pharmaceutical Big Pharma himself and then clown him for getting a check for an endorsement for Pfizer. Hmm. 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 Right? So it's interesting. We all know Aaron Rodgers going to talk about somebody who got jabbed like me and clown him. Okay. Take the jokes. Um, it's funny he says that. And it just reminds me of a couple things I heard growing up. Like my grandma used to always say, you can't bullshit the bullshitter. <laughs> yeah, I was young when I used to hear that too. She's like, can't bullshit the bullshitter. And that's basically what my grandma said. Don't come up to me lying because I, I know how to lie because I lie too. So if I'm a BS, that's how you recognize BS. You know how you recognize BS? Because you've been BSing yourself, right? You know all your jokes, kind of like the Dion conversation of ye judge, ye shall be judged. You're never in that school of thought. You're never in that space unless you're in that space. Aaron Rodgers can't be joking somebody out like that unless it's going to boomerang, right? What you do, somebody going to do you, and it's going to come back and hit you. So you're getting your jo jokes off, getting your rocks off, talking about, oh, look at this big pharma fool, look at this big pharma fool, and literally cashing checks from big pharma. I don't care either way. I'm not mad at Travis Kelsey. Hey, I would have took the endorsement too because shoot, I got the jab for free. Probably had to pay for it through insurance. <laughs> I would take a half a million dollar check or more to just sit there and go like this. I did both, mom. See, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. Because I took the jab. Why did I take the jab? It's simple. Uh, I took the jab because I didn't know any better. <laughs> I had fear, damn it. Uh, fear of the unknown. Fear of doing something to my kids. And frankly, I was like, it beats the alternative. What if I'm wrong, right? What if I don't do it and I'm wrong? Because my niece didn't do it and she was right, I guess. She's still alive and fine and I'm alive and fine. So I guess we're both right. But everybody like, no one day, Marcellus, guess what's going to happen? You took the jab and you're going to die. She is too. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but one day you're just going to... That's why your voice goes out. Nah, that was happening before that. Oh, no, no. That's why, uh, um, that's why you ask you. I mean, like, they just be looking for, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know one thing that's for certain is going to end one day. So I don't get caught up in the big pharma conversation of vaccines and not. I just told people, look, I am not anti-vax. I just know when we were going through COVID, if you ain't get the vax, you're not coming over my house. <laughs> I will see you in the streets. But remember, you don't know me. <laughs> Told you everything is right for me. No, seriously, my daddy, he got the vax. And he came over and was in the backyard. Like, we was at a drive-in. drive, drive -in. Like, he was 90 feet away. I was like, Daddy, <laughs> Daddy, take the mask off. You know, uh-uh, them winds, boy, too. My daddy's still wearing a mask, I think. My daddy's still over there. And call him what you want, but call him Mr. Wiley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Him and his wife, they old, so they like, oh, they just got their fifth booster. I'm done with the boosters now. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all got me. Y'all don't convince me. <laughs> no boosting. Uh, but, yeah, I got the jab in one of them boosters, I think, is some suckers hurt, too. Um, but, whatever. I don't got flu shots. I don't got all the technic shots. I don't got every shot. Everything that the doctor say you should get, I be getting it. And y'all can say whatever you want. Good luck seeing me in real life saying you were in better shape than me, homie. <laughs> You're in better condition than me. Shoot, I ain't trying to do that. Nah, it was seriously about the itty-bitties, the unknown. Sim simple as that. I ain't got nothing else to say about it. But I love that Aaron Rodgers trying to bullshit the bullshitter and trying to bullshit <laughs> and go through it. Because they're all, everybody, all them dudes, whoever you talking about, 
Everybody smells like money in a pursuit of it in capitalism, right? Ain't that the way everybody smell like everybody got that money stench on them, right? You know how money smell. So stop moving the goalposts if you're Aaron Rodgers. Oh, look at him, Mr. Fox, Mr. Fox. <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Mr. Johnson, hi. Hey, how you doing, Woody? <laughs> Woody, <laughs> Woody? You over, hey, Woody? <laughs> Shaking my hand, Woody. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Like, you know, stop playing. Because y'all just taking different ways to the same place, you know? Simple as that, right? You, simple as that. Like, you like, ah, I'm going to take Angeles Vista. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to take over here. I see you down the hill. Then. <laughs> see you on Stalker, fool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, miss me, man. Miss me. Hate that. I hate, I hate people that be trying to, like, look over there and divert because I can do this over here. Oh, man. And stop emphasizing that you are higher than thou or you bigger than thou when the guy made a life-changing decision. And look, his life... He wanted to do something. If he wanted to get the jab, it was to protect him and theirs. Like the whole league. Didn't the whole league get a jab? So, look, it could be life-changing. Doesn't mean it have to be life-damning. It could be like, yeah, I took something that now there seems like we didn't have to take. I just don't like how that got politicized. But, hey, to your point on both sides, <sighs> the people who took it were coming out like, you better take it or else. And the people who didn't take it was like, I ain't taking it or what? <laughs> and then that was the beef, right? Crippling blood and out there. I saw it happen. Um, I was just saying, take it to be safe. And if you don't take it, fine. Just don't come over my house until I figure out what the hell is going on. That's all I had. Was that wrong? So tell me, was I wrong for not even letting people come over my house that weren't vaccinated? Was I? Beat that up in the comments. I dare you. <laughs> I ain't let my niece. Hell no, I ain't let my niece come over. I was like, uh-uh, I saw her at the drive-in, just like my daddy. <laughs> you got to stop playing. Um, and should Aaron be making these type of jokes about Kelsey, especially when um, I think you and Mr. Johnson got a good thing going on, <laughs> right? And how do we think about Kelsey in terms of what he feels about these jokes? Do you think Kelsey liking these, or he like, this dude, whew, he going to send them Swifties at you? <laughs> it's going to be a problem. going to be a hell of a problem. All right, let's focus some comments. Get out of here. Damn, why are you talking too much? All right, entitled fans, I wonder, though, what do these high-end celebrities think will happen when they go out in public? Of course, entitled fans are wrong, but it's hard to police the world. Great point. I always tell myself, even though it's not correct and it's not right, once I leave my house, I am on. I am getting videotaped. I am getting uh, somebody is screenshotting and, and, and sending pics and DMing somebody. They saw me and they're telling people. I see it in the comments all the time. Oh, I just ran into you, Wiley, here and there and all that. Yeah. I'm always thinking I'm on like whatever you do will be seen and held in the court of public opinion. <laughs> right. At the same time, sometimes the craziest thing is when I'm out with my friends, like one of my friends from high school, she's super fine. I can't lie. She, she, my homegirl, you know, I met her when she was dusty and now she's super fine. That ain't my fault. Um, never mess with her nothing just to find his hunger. But I know when I'm out and we hang, I know cats be like, Ooh, Wiley. Okay. Okay, and I got a few friends like that. I'm from LA, man. They fine out here. Ain't my fault. So you can't be the homie because you fine. So it's crazy like that. Sometimes I'll be having these, like, you know, you have a meeting and you be like, you be counting the numbers. How many dudes here? I mean, oh, good, good. Because if it be all girls and you, you be like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, Lord. Project Transition, Lord. <laughs> I know how cats act. I know how y'all talk and how y'all gossip. It's funny. All right, we owe celebrities nothing and they owe us nothing. You owe. Look, the celebrity is on a mission to make you like him to become a celebrity. 
support my product, support my music, support my movie. Yeah. And once you do that, he doesn't owe you anything in his real life. And you don't owe him anything in terms of his real life. You don't owe him. He don't owe you. But when you see him, you act like he owes you because you gave him money over there. No, he paid you back through the entertainment. You paid him. He entertained you deal done. He a regular person. He don't owe you nothing. Now me, I'm gonna give you something, but trust me, I don't owe you nothing or that chicken wing gonna come out on your head. <laughs> trust me. If anybody get chicken wing by me, they ain't gonna lag me. Ask that dude in Vegas. I got caught slipping last time. He tried to run up on me. All right. It is kind of weird that he refused to take pictures with kids and he's a Disney star. Okay. I will give you that. Like the brand of being Captain America. <laughs> it's kind of like you ain't like, like, I get it. Like Snoop is like, nah, I'm good, homie. I'm good. Cause. But Captain America, <laughs> but that's Mackie. I ain't mad at him because nobody, he don't owe anybody anything in his real life. He really doesn't fights and deaths. We going hard, but y'all are going way harder. Truth bomb. Yes. Um, I said that about the players rivalries. Y'all need to get it right. We are going hard on the field, but y'all in the stands going way harder and way too hard. Actually, it ain't that serious. Do you know after every rivalry game, the both teams, they come together, they have prayer circles. They say, what's up, boy? What you been up to? How you like it over there? It's cool in Pittsburgh. Yeah, man, we love it, man. How's Baltimore? Oh, man, stop playing, man. You already know. Uh, they on the other team. Every time they cut away, dun, 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 them dudes be bro-hugging. <laughs> and y'all up in there throwing blows and throwing bows. Calm down, fans. Calm down. Rodney Harrison, nothing wrong with what he said. He's just, he went way, he went about it and kept going on about it on that platform. Oh, then he tried to bait the guy into saying something bad. Yeah, the bait is the word. He's not trying to bait him. He's like, man, tell the truth. And everybody know Chris Jones was not telling the truth. He was being a politician in that moment. And that's okay. I'm not mad at Chris Jones. Hey, that's what you want to do. When you're an active player, you don't step in it. When you're a former player, you tell her how it is. Certain players do both, but not Chris Jones. He didn't want to say how he really was. What was wrong with what he said? If we can say that players are great, good, elite, can't we also say the opposite? Don't want to be called garbage? Play better. Can't take the criticism? Pick up that clipboard. I agree with that. Dog, you can't be walking around saying somebody great, amazing, unbelievable, and then say somebody is garbage and be like, what'd you say? Like, it's a balancing act. We got to have it. Got to have that respect, right? You got to have that perspective. If somebody's great, somebody sucks. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, I remember saying that. Um, criticism is the cost of praise. That's a Wileyism. Criticism is the cost of praise. Basically, your ass wanted all this love. It's gonna come with some hell. Trust me. I was glad Zach had a good game. Wish him well. Had no issue with Harrison's statement. Didn't think it was a knock or a criticism. Rather, an honest evaluation. Always appreciate Marcellus's level-headed analysis. Thank you very much. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show. We finish it with a Wileyism. Yeah. Brought to you by Friday Transition. To the shallow, nothing is deep. Oh, my God. This hurt me. This helped me too. Man, you ever go around somebody and they just ain't deep enough? And they be like, what? Man, you too deep. And I'll be like, no, you ain't deep enough. You shallow. So I realized to the shallow, nothing's deep. And it made me stop giving them 
my deeper thoughts. My deeper thoughts were my greater ambitions, you know, my, my, my really lofty goals. I couldn't give it to you, homie. Why? Because your pool too shallow. I can't dive in the shallow end. I did that in Oregon growing up. Had the track beat. Got my first concussion doing that. Maybe my second. <laughs> Point being, it was a concussion. Ah, man, you got to know if it's a three on the side of their pool or if it's an eight or if it's a 10 or if it's a 16. You ever seen 16 in the, the big old Olympic pools? Oh, man, you got to know. Some cats, they be making you feel bad, right? And then you over there, you like, what? It's hard. I can't do everything I want to do in this part of the pool. I need to go to the deep end so I can flex. You go in the deep end, you can start hitting the somersaults, the flips, right? You can dive in. You can do what you want to do. Hey, do what you want. You got enough room to, to go get it. Go get it. You go in that deep end, it's limited. Oh, I can stand up here. That's cool. Shoulders getting a little hot. Let me get down here. Oh, now I'm squatting. I could be there for a minute. That is a national alert. Woo, that's bad. I, turn that off. Those are bad, huh? I ain't even gonna make a joke. I don't know. I don't read them usually, but I know I said something bad happened. So you gotta remember what part of the pool you in, man. And then how limiting it could be sometimes. If you can't swim, <laughs> good lord. Sorry, could you say that again? Damn, what's going on? Yo, I ain't gonna never talk about Aaron Rodgers and Pfizer again. They own me. <laughs> Big Pharma coming. So the point being, uh, just know who you're around. And remember, it's okay. You're gonna be limited if you're around the, the shallow homie. Just give them a little bit, you know, sit there and have a drink with them. Have your shoulders burn with them. Talk a little talk with them. Squat down if you want to with them. But don't try and flex. Don't try and flip. Don't try and do too much on them. Because, man, I hate being around them kind of cats. I be trying to dive in. I'm like, this shallow ass. <laughs> you, you ain't trying to hear my greater ambitions. No. I, why would you ever not do that? You should do that for a living. People were telling me that. When I wanted to leave broadcast network and I left... Everybody like, oh, what happened? I was like, I have way more in me than just that. And that is amazing. And stop making it like that's bad and stop making it seem like they're bad. I'll tell you who's bad. I'll tell you the things they do wrong that I have caught or the things that they're lying about. Other than that, that's an amazing profession. But I'm 48. I got itty bitties and I'm trying to impact the whole world. I can't do that in just that world. Just can't. It is what it is. You don't believe me? Why Stephen A want to move on to something else? And he number one. Anybody? My point being. So make sure you guys understand this. To the shallow, man, nothing is deep. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.